Hello, my name is Sam Stevenson. Welcome to my multimedia capstone project. In this project, I'm giving a microscopic lens on the Chicago Bears between 1985 and 2022. In this part of the project, I speak with multiple members of the Chicago media. This first part, I have a chance to speak with Caitlin Sharkey, Zach Pearson, and Jacob Infante, and get their point of view about what exactly has gone good and bad for the Chicago Bears in this 30 plus years window. Okay, so my first question kind of broadens between 1985 and kind of where we are now. So between that 85-86 Super Bowl Bears team to present day 2022, if you had to look at, at kind of that span of time, would you consider the Chicago Bears a successful franchise in the NFL? Uh, I would not. And, and here's the reason why. I think if you look, you know, just between that time period, after that Super Bowl run, you know, a lot of people thought, hey, they have a chance to win multiple Super Bowls here, or at least get back to multiple Super Bowls um, with the foundation they built with the defense. Uh, you know, Walter Payton, you have Jim McMahon, a pretty good offensive line, a good enough offense. But in that time span between then and now, I mean, it's just been pretty much the same struggles from them. Like after that team kind of broke up in, in 87, 88, they haven't been able to find a long-term quarterback. Um, you know, they've, they've gone through numerous guys. You always see that stat every time the Bears play the Packers of, you know, Brett Favre and Rodgers since like 92, 93, and the Bears have had like 36 other quarterbacks. So in that perspective, I would say no. I, I, I think they're, they aren't successful since then because the one thing that every Bears fan kind of seems to go back to is that 85 Super Bowl, and eventually – you have to move on and it's been what over 30 years now and they've only gotten back once they've had some good teams along the way but they've had more bad teams than they have had good teams um in this stretch so you know overall as a franchise yes i think they're a successful franchise from that time frame you know 86 85 to now i can't i'd, I'd it'd be really hard for me to call them a, a successful franchise no, and I, I, I agree with you on a lot of those points. And again, I think a lot of people, and I think a lot of people within the Bears kind of go back to that team as kind of a, well, like this is what this is what we're trying to like replicate and this is who we're trying to be. And and I think at some point, like I wasn't even alive when that team was around. So, um, but speaking of kind of, they made one more appearance, uh, kind of goes to my next question. So it's been 15 years since the Bears made a Super Bowl run again. That was in 2006. Uh, they've made the playoffs three times after that and uh kind of to your point they, they've had a lot more bad years than good this is kind of more kind of zeroing in on that time between 06 and kind of where we are now is there someone something multiple choice answer here that you would kind of point a finger to and be like this is the reason why it hasn't been good for the most part yeah well first off man i can't believe it's been 15 years uh, <laughs> i was a senior in high school when that happened that makes me feel really old um yeah, I think it's, you know, management in front office. Um, you know, you can blame you know, Jay Cutler for his inconsistent play. You can blame, you know, Rex Grossman, them kind of um, not being able to figure out the quarterback position. They've always had a pretty good defense in that time frame. I think it's poor decisions by management and ownership. I mean, you look, letting someone like Thomas Jones go and – you know, um, not being able to find the quarterback and hiring Mark Tressman, you know, bringing on, forcing John Fox onto Ryan Pace. And 
you know, Ryan Pace himself has his faults. He has some positive stuff, but he also has his faults. Um, you know, hiring Matt Nagy, which didn't work out. It looked good the first year, but just didn't work out. So I think management and ownership's refusal to do things differently. And for me, it kind of goes back to, I think they think that they're still, you know, a franchise like Green Bay or a franchise like um, Pittsburgh. And, you know, they have the history, the long history, but they don't have, you know, the, the Super Bowls. They don't have the conference titles recently. They don't have the really good head coach. They don't have a star quarterback, things like that. So I would pinpoint it to just ownership and management, not being able to figure it out, not adjusting to the NFL, um, the way the NFL is going, especially offensive. Yeah, they tried Matt Nagy, but like, you know, they might have done that a year or two too late. Um, they just, they don't, they refuse to kind of do things different and stick to this old way that they're so accustomed to that just doesn't work. So it's just, it's just like a hamster wheel. It's the same stuff over and over and over again. I think that's that's the first time I've heard someone compare it to a hamster wheel, but I think yeah, that I don't know if, really well. does it work? <laughs> I, I think so. You're just going around and around. You don't have a destination. Yeah. I, I think that works perfectly. No, I was just I was like visualizing that. And I'm like, that's actually a really good way to visualize it. Like they just they're going around in a circle and they're not going anywhere. I, <laughs> it, I agree with that. First thing um, that kind of came to my mind. <laughs> no, I, I I like that. I, I always like when people compare the bears to something like something with a visualization, and and, yep. and I really like that one. That one that one's good. I'm up to keep that keep that one for <laughs> thank you for future use. I'll give you credit for it. But <laughs> so kind of stepping away from like looking in and kind of going more towards you as someone in bears media. I think there's always highs and lows with teams. And I think for, for people covering teams, there's always this, the same thing applies, I think, but what is frustrating, what has been frustrating slash kind of has it been frustrating to cover the bears? You know, I think the losing seasons not only take a toll on players and staff members and management and ownership and all of that, the fans, I think it takes a toll on the media as well, in a way, um, you know, I've been a full-time member for oh, you know, over five, six years now, and I've seen one winning season. Oh, I guess, you know, yeah, one winning season. So it, it's, it's frustrating because, you know, yeah, they've gone eight and eight and, and they've gotten to the playoffs a couple of times under Matt Nagy. But when you constantly have to write more about the bad than the good. And, you know, it's not always you're writing about the bad, like even in the, during the, the bad seasons, there is some good, you know, I remember writing about Jordan Howard's um, breakout and emergence in his rookie year when they were bad and, and things like that. But for the most part, you're looking like 75, 25, you know, negative stories, bad stories, because they're not a good team. So I think, you know, that's very frustrating in a way. Um, trust me, like everyone's, you know, rags in the media and everyone says, all oh, the media is so negative, but it's like, they need to put out a better product too. Like it's, it's not our fault that, you know, there it's always negative stories and the, and the storylines are bad, things like that. They need to put out a, a positive product. I'd say that. And then, you know, just the frustrations of limited access to the team, the roster. I know COVID is, is taking a big toll on everything and, you know, rightfully so they don't want people around the players and things like that, especially, you know, in 2020 when it was, we didn't know anything about this pandemic. Um, but also at the same time, like it, the, the access was f- pretty limited before that. Um, you know, 
you just, there's certain things you couldn't say and do, you know, during practices, which make no sense. It's always been, you know, they want a competitive advantage, but I always joke. I'm like, yeah, you know, thank, thank God they've won the past four to five Super Bowls because they have this competitive advantage over everyone. It just never works out for them. So it's, it's, that's, that's kind of frustrating. Um, but yeah, I, I would just point more towards the losing sucks too. Like I hate having to write negative stuff. I hate having to write bad stuff. You know, the things, you know, oh, the Bears lose again. The Bears are struggling. The Bears offense is not good. The Bears offense ranked in the bottom half or, or the worst in the NFL and things like that. And there's, you know, contract negotiations are not going the way they should be going. Thing, it's just, it's not fun at all. So I, I would probably point to that as my main thing. I think there was a, there was a six keys uh, to victory article that I wrote and someone I think commented on it, like win the game. <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was a slump this past season. And I was like, I don't disagree. Like, yeah. it, it's definitely, I, I mean, I, I can't even imagine, like I, I got a chance to go to training camp for the first time this past summer. And like, it felt very like I always had eyes on me and it was like, it was very, still a great opportunity, but I, I it kind of always felt like someone was watching you and being like, don't, don't do that. Like, yeah, it, it's weird, but um, we're going to get a little positive here. Uh, this is my last question. Yeah. Um, a lot of changes in 2022. We, we've seen mm-hmm. this kind of cycle before um, new general manager, new head coach, promising second year quarterback, a lot of questions with the roster, a lot of questions within the division and, you know, you know, big news within the NFC and stuff with, you know, the rumors of is Aaron Rodgers going to leave and is Tom Brady, you know, Tom Brady retiring and, and things like that. What about this current team? Kind of an aspect of it. Uh, uh, do you think could give some hope that like, Hey, maybe the Chicago bears might finally start to figure this out. If, if at any at all. Justin Fields, um, they finally have a young quarterback that I think a lot of fans should feel good about. Um, a, a guy that, you know, can get it done through the air, can get it done with his legs. And I think, you know, you can't really put a lot of stock into his first season. They, they didn't help him out right from the start. They didn't make it a fair quarterback competition. You know, they, they, they could have gone with Andy Dalton no matter what and still given – Justin Fields, some reps in training camp, they, they didn't, they didn't do it. They gave him like four or five true first team reps, which is just, that just shows you, you know, how bad that, that whole regime was or how bad it got to. Um, but I think they have young talent and I think they made a good hire in Matt Eberflus. Um, It's not the offensive one that I would have liked. I thought, you know, you go Brian Dable, someone like that, maybe try to go after Josh McDaniels, but you know, I, I think, he is exactly what they need. He's a guy that they need someone to reset the franchise, someone that's going to already get the respect um, of his players. And I'll tell you one thing. A lot of guys in Indianapolis loved him as a, as a defensive coordinator. And guys around the league talk all the time. You know, the, they doesn't matter what team you're on. You're talking. You pretty much probably know someone on the other team, you know, in all 32 teams. They talk a lot, and I can't imagine someone saying a bad word about Matt Eberflus. I think a lot of guys, defense and offense, are getting excited to play under him. And he's a guy, I mean, he said it from the start, I'm going to be a head coach. I'm not going to call plays on defense. I'm not going to do any of the offensive plays. I'm going to be a head coach. I think that's what they need. I think they need a guy. You know, Matt Nagy didn't lose the locker room, I'd say. Um, it, it probably teetered towards that, towards the end. He had the respect of the locker room. He just really didn't. I think he was in over his head with the play calling and didn't allow him to be a head coach. They need a head coach. They need someone that can control the game and understand what's going on without having to call plays. I think they got it. 
I think the young talent is really good. You know, you could build around Justin Fields. Darnell Mooney's a really good player. David Montgomery's a good player. You have some pieces on defense. Jalen Johnson, Roquan Smith look like they're, they're cornerstone pieces. And that's a good start because, you know, you have the back end of your defense there and you have the linebackers. I think Eddie Jackson will have a big turnaround with his coaching staff. And that's another guy you can build your franchise around. So I think there's hope. Um, you know, I, Aaron Rodgers is a big key in all of this. If he goes somewhere else to the AFC, the NFC is almost wide open. I don't know who you look at at the top as top cornerback. I mean, do you look at someone like Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, um, you know, Dak Prescott? Maybe I don't know. I I think it's wide open. I think the NFC North is, would be wide open. Does he leave? I have no idea. I I've asked multiple people around the team. No one has any clue. You get a different answer almost every day from a different person. So I think that's going to be a big part of it. But I, I think they're a young roster. They got a GM who really wants to build in the trenches. He wants to build on the offensive line. Let's build on the defensive line. That's something that's going to help a rookie quarterback. That's something that's going to help your defense, especially the secondary. If you can get a pass rush, the, set, the less time the secondary has to cover wide receivers, the easier their job is. So I think they're, they're, they're a young roster. To answer the question, the young roster – and the combination of having an actual you know, full-time type head coach guy who seems like he's going to be a leader and can, um, you know, get these guys back on track and his franchise back on track. I think there's a lot of really good positives for sure. I mean, again, I think when I think about it, Justin Fields is the first thing that comes into my head. Just there's, there's so the potential is there. I think we saw, I think we saw it last yep. year in, in his, in his best moments. I think we saw what he struggled with and, you know, uh, someone mentioned it. He went through pretty much everything you could go through as a yeah. starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, well, that that's all I have for my written questions, but I'm going to just throw them kind of one out here as one last yeah. parting thought. Um, you can go back in time, change one thing in this timeline with the Chicago Bears. Anything that happened between 1985 and 2022, what would you do? Man, first one in my head is – Drafting Patrick Mahomes. That's the first one that comes to mind. Um, nothing against Mr. Trubisky, man. You know, it, it wasn't his fault, but I, I think you draft Patrick Mahomes, and I think this team looks a lot different. I would say another one. Man, there's a couple actually good ones that come to mind now. Jay Color breaking his thumb on an interception return, trying to make a tackle. I I think if he doesn't break his thumb, I think the Bears have a legit shot to go to the Super Bowl. I think they were the best team in the NFC that year outside of the Green Bay. Um, they were just rolling. I would say something, you know, maybe, um, maybe let's see, the, the weather in the Super Bowl, if I could change the weather, um, if it wasn't so rainy, maybe that would help the Bears. I don't know. I, I think definitely Patrick Mahomes would be probably top of my list. I, I would. Jay Cutler broken thumb, you know, maybe Cody Parkey making the field goal because I think that team was on a roll. So there's, there's some good ones, but I, I'd ultimately go, I'd say Patrick, drafting Patrick Mahomes instead of Mitch Trubisky and not trading up to do it, just letting him fall there right to number three. You keep your picks. You, you don't have to burn any picks on a quarterback that didn't work out. And I think the, the, the team would be better than what they are.
right. So my first question kind of has to do with, with the bigger picture of things. So 1985, 1986, Chicago Bears won their first Super Bowl. And now we're all the way here in 2022. So, so between that scope of time, would you say the Chicago Bears have been a successful NFL franchise? I would say no. And I think it's how you measure success. And I think that's an interesting question in its own right. And not that, you know, that question's tough because it's like you're not discrediting the players that have come and gone through the doors of Hallis Hall and Soldier Field in that time. But if you, like you said, you look at a body of work and how different things have changed and there's like they've they've missed the key pieces and they've never kind of bounced back you know some teams we see have these flashes of things and they get the right players right pieces right coaches at the same time and they can make something happen i don't feel like the bears ever really found their groove and 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 it's largely in part because you know hot take quarterbacks are a big part of uh, a football successful football franchise and i think that's something they've struggled with um, the division that they've been in, it's kind of coincided with Green Bay having 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. So that obviously makes a difference. But the coaching carousel, all of the changes and things that have come and gone in that span, I think kind of speaks volumes to what is the vision? Where do they want to go? Um, and that's a question that's asked every couple years, every four years. We're asking it again after Matt Nagy just um, departed, after he won Coach of the Year in 2018. So I think that is the most telling part. But it's it's easy to say you get the right people in there, and then they can turn this franchise around. I mean, a lot of pe- a lot of franchises don't have sustained success over such a long period of time, especially in the NFL. Um, but I think maybe it's magnified sometimes due to the fact that they're in a division with a team that has had that success for such a long time. But a lot of it is, I hope is like the, the change that is coming now is because it's a blend of new school and old school. And I think sometimes, you know, being stuck in your ways is more detrimental than people think. You know, if it's like, you know, it's like the opposite of if it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, if it's broke and it's been broke, you need to fix it. (laughs) No, that that is an absolutely great way of putting it. Like this, the bears are a broken down car and at some point you need to pull (laughs) up to the side and fix the tire. Um, Right. You can't just keep patching the hole in the tire. (laughs) And keep putting duct tape on it. At some point you gotta stop and get to put a new tire on it. I I, I couldn't agree more with that. Next question, narrowing it down a little bit. Bears haven't seen a Super Bowl appearance in 15 or so years. Um, Since that Super Bowl appearance, they've made the playoffs three times, have gotten to a uh, divisional conference championship game once, and have yet to see anything outside of the wild card in the past basically decade. Is there someone, something, maybe this is multiple answers that you would kind of point a finger to and and blame if you could? I think it's... I think it's the way that things have been run from the top down because it's easy to say, oh, it was because they, you know, Jay Cutler wasn't good or Mitch Trubisky wasn't good or it, it's easy to point out the players. And yes, talent is a big part of success in the NFL, obviously, but it's all about how the organization is run from the top down. If the front office is on the same page with the coaching staff and if the coaching staff is on the same page as the players, and I feel like that's kind of where they've missed the mark. And I'm not saying it's because the McCaskies are not football people and they shouldn't have it. I'm not saying that, but I think it's, they haven't really taken a good look at like 
how things run and the personalities that they've had come in and out of Hallis and Lake Forest is interesting because it's not always on the players. And I think it's a lot of people with different expectations, a lot of people not on the same page. And at the end of the day, you're dealing with professional athletes who make a lot of money, have egos and a lot of pride of their own. So that combination of not knowing what's going on with a dysfunctional front office, I think plays into a lot of that. So it's interest. It'll be interesting to see how it changes because you you can kind. Of, I feel like even with the, the Matt Nagy and the Ryan Pace era, they did. It's not like they didn't have talented players, and I still believe that. I mean, even last year, I remember like being so frustrated. Like, God, like what is because they'd have talent on that team, and it just wouldn't produce. And I think that's a. I think it's higher up than the lack of talent itself because some franchises that don't have success I think it's easy to say like well they, they never really get anyone right or they don't have I look at the team a team like the Lions and you know they're doing introductions and you're like who the heck like who are these guys um and that's not been the case for the Bears uh in the last you know decade for sure so I think it's organizational issues and figuring out as much as they like to say they collaborate on things I don't think they have as well as they could have yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. And my my poor parents are Lions fans and they, they, struggle, <laughs> they struggle year in and year out. So it's not even like I can really cheer for for another team at this point. Uh, but yeah, don't don't hop on that bandwagon. No, there's nothing to really hop on there. Um, <laughs> so my, my next kind of question, taking it away from the timeline things and kind of more focusing on you as someone within Chicago media, you've kind of highlighted some of this a little bit, I think, but going more specific with it, what, if anything, is frustrating about covering this team? Is it, is it, you know, I think overall, I think in general, you know, day in and day out, it's, you know, people's responsibilities to still go in and cover the team and, and keep people updated. But, but as someone within Chicago media, what, what has become or what is, or maybe it isn't, frustrating about covering the Chicago Bears? I think it's, and, and I understand the part of this. So when I say this, it's like, I get why they would act this way. And I think it's obviously if things are not going well in any aspect of anyone's life, their job, whatever they they get defensive. Right. And they want to pull away and they don't want to let, they don't want you to see behind the curtain. And I respect that as far as if I was running an NFL franchise that wasn't doing well, I would probably have the same approach as well, but it is hard because you feel like you're limited in what stories you can do. And it's, and I think it's sometimes a misconception that they think we're out to try to like tell the bad story or we're here to write, you know, especially in my line of work with like broadcasting and not being a writer and think I'm not out to do like, why is the offensive line so bad? Or why should Ryan Pace go? Or that's not my kind of line of work. And that's not the kind of storytelling that I do. So like the frustrating part is them not understanding that's not all of what we're trying to do. And it's hard because the access and I mean, COVID has just made things much harder. Um, And the access that we get the, you know, the fact that we can't decide who we talk to um, when we talk to them, how frequently we talk to them. And I think it's to me, my thing is I'd rather have front office members, coaches, players be upfront and open and honest. And I think a lot of media members would want that same thing instead of, kind of hiding in the dark and, you know, just thinking like once it writes the ship, then we'll be, you know, this we'll be ready to talk and we'll be ready to be full, you know, in front. And 
that's the part that you get frustrated with because, but all in all, like even after a very hard season, this last season, I still, you know, you still enjoy the, the moments and the interviews you do get with the people. And that's when I think you realize in this business, like it's a people business first than it is a sports um, industry because there are many after the, you know, they're losing five in a row and I still have to do a post game interview. And sometimes I don't know what the hell to say. Um, but I do respect the people that, you know, take the time and understand we're trying to do a job, but yeah, the frustrated part is they just think we're out to get them all the time. And it's not the case. I'm not calling, you know, and that's, I'm like, I've never called for Matt Nagy's head. I've never said like, I just, I've always been the kind of person that's like, yeah, you can recognize when it's time for a change, but and not all media members are like that. So I understand why they we get the pushback because some do call for his head. So, No, I, I think you speak on the behalf of a lot of people within journalism and broadcasting, not even in sports that like, hey, we're not always here to like cover the negative. Like we, we have right. a job, we have a job to do. And it's very I, I I can't imagine what that has been like, especially with COVID. It seems well, and what what they don't and what the, the for me, especially from a TV perspective, because I still have to turn out an interview, is understanding that like help me help us work together because I'm trying to tell a good story, right? When you're when you're out of the playoffs and no one cares about this team, I still have to produce content and I still have to do these interviews. So for me, it's like the frustration. It's like help me find a player that someone doesn't really know much about, or let me spotlight something positive about it. Even if people are like, who cares? Like, you know, what Jakeem grants it into, we, you know, the, the sky is falling here. It, it still matters. And I think I wish more organizations and sports teams, especially were, would realize like, I'll help you out here. I, I there's a time and a place to, to discredit the team and criticize and whatever, but that's not always my ammo. I look forward to the positive piece, especially when it's week 15 and you know, they're, they're not going to do anything. You need, you need that happy, that bit of happy. Yeah, absolutely. You need that, like, that, like spark of hope that like, like there's still something here. And no, I, I, I agree with that. And actually it's a perfect transition here to my, to my last question, speaking of like kind of keeping people happy and staying hopeful uh, we talked a little bit kind of, you know, the, the Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy era, it, it had to end and it did. And, you know, the Bears hired Ryan Poles from the Chiefs. They brought in uh, a def- defensive minded head coach from Minneapolis and in, uh, in, in Matt Eberflus. And they have second year Justin Fields, who's been given the keys to the kingdom. It, it, is all of that and maybe more. Wh- what about the current team right now kind of gives you hope, if any, that Chicago might finally be able to figure this out? if at all possible. Well, I think it starts with Ryan Poles and I haven't met Ryan Poles yet. I haven't spoke to him, but I've been impressed from what I've heard, read and seen of him so far, because I think he is that perfect balance of new football and old football. That is something that the bears needed thinking about, you know, talking about getting out of their ways, their old ways, their old habits. Okay. Well, I feel like Ryan Poles is going to do that. And so I think it's going to be a good hire. I think he's going to have, I just feel like he's going to figure out a way to maximize their roster. And I, so the thing that gives me hope about the team is that we're going to, they're going to lose a lot of their names. A lot of the star power initially is what I think is going to maybe shell shock some bears fans, like all your big names, all the names that have, you know, you go to the games and see their jerseys on the back. Those names are likely going to be gone outside of Justin Fields um, and a few others, but there is some young, really good talent on that team to see what Darnell Mooney has done already is really in- 
really awesome to see. And defensively too, um, Travis Gibson has come on in a big way. And, and I think they'll figure out what is the most pressing needs, but also continue to develop the talent. And of course you have to talk about Justin Fields. So I think Justin learned a lot of hard lessons, but I think those are important to, to learn and he's going to be ready this season because he's seen just about everything, right? He had his nightmarish game in Cleveland. He had, he went through injuries. Like he had the highs and the low, he had just about everything you could imagine. So experience matters and that's going to matter for them moving forward. So as far as Matt Eberflus is coaching, that's something I'm like, I, it's too soon to tell for me. And I'm someone that's like, he can say what he wants at press conferences and all of that thing. And I think that's great. But for me, coaching, we see later on. Cause like I said, with the Matt Nagy thing, winning coach of the year in 2018, you know, everyone was like, Oh, this is great. Well, now everyone wanted his head, you know, the years after that. So um, it'll be interesting to see, but there's some young talented players on that team who care a lot about the Chicago bears. And I felt that this season, they were never checked out. They were never, I mean, you have your, your few that knew that their time in Chicago was coming to an end. So they were a little bit more checked out of the organization, but the guys that are young and hungry, they're talented. And, and I think they'll be in a good position. So my first question kind of goes on a wider span between 1985-1986, Chicago Bears won their first Super Bowl, present day 2022. In between that time span, would you say the, the Chicago Bears are a successful NFL franchise? Uh, okay, so in between then, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a loaded question when you consider that time period because so much of their success came in like the 40s and 50s and then you know in that period in the 80s so generally i would have to go back and check the records but i'd have to say that they're pretty on par middle of the road since the 85 since they won in the super bowl uh just simply because you know they haven't won a super bowl in what you know over 35 years now and you know they've made a super bowl appearance and they've had some you know pretty good teams to appear in the playoffs and to make decent runs at it but uh i, I wouldn't necessarily say that they've been a successful team since then i'd say they're about uh middle of the like i said middle of the road honestly i think it's probably the best way to put it because there have been a lot of ups and downs and that's been the case with you know basically every team in the nfl uh but ultimately i think that there haven't been enough highs to confidently say that they've been successful i can't say they've been bad all told but you know so somewhere in the middle yeah i think i think it's a fair answer for sure and i think there's not a lot of nfl franchises that i think can say like we've had very very long-term success because i definitely agree there's 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 highs and lows you know in all 32 teams uh, and the bears are definitely not an exception there but um kind of narrowing it down a little bit uh because you know we mentioned a little bit that you know they haven't been to the super bowl in a little bit 15 years or so it was the last time they've been to a super bowl and uh since then they've made the playoffs 
three times, uh, two of them being during the Matt Nagy era and one of them being uh, basically because they implemented an extra playoff seed. Um, Would you say if you could point your finger at something or someone or or multiple things and say, this is your fault that this team hasn't found a lot of success in this 15 year span, who, what multiple answer would you point to? Yeah, so I could go in a you know a handful of different directions. Uh, I mostly want to focus on the teams that made it to the playoffs because you know looking at those you know some of the Mark Tressman teams, the John Fox teams, you know like they fell pretty short of the mark, and it was going to be tough for them to compete anyway. So I don't know necessarily if you know I can put too much on them necessarily, uh, j- you know, just because they weren't expected to do a whole lot with the roster they had. Uh, I'd say a lot of it comes down to, so the one person I'd say probably is, uh, as I don't really like to say it, but George McCaskey. I think it stopped. It starts from the top, and uh, you know these. He's the one responsible for all these hires that are being made. You know, he's choosing the GMs. You know, who are in turn choosing the coaches, and the McCaskies are you know helping out with that search as well. Uh, so, <clears throat> I think when you look from that perspective, there's been one constant through basically all of that. Like I know what George took over, I want to say around like 2010. So he wasn't like fully in charge when they made it to the Super Bowl. But uh, for, you know, most of that, the last, you know, 10, 15 years or so, like that's been George McCaskey. And another factor arguably has probably been the quarterback position, which I mean, there are some instances I feel like you can only put so much on Mitch Trubisky. You can only put so much on Jay Cutler because, you know, in the case of Mitch, uh, you know, the offensive line was, you know, it had to, it had its ups and downs. The play calling was pretty vanilla. They didn't play to his strengths. Uh, so you can't put everything on Trubisky there. I think Nagy certainly hurt his development. And then the case with Cutler, I mean, they had an awful offensive line in front of him back in like the early 2010s. And it took until like what 2012, I want to say for him to get legit weapons for him to get Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey and, you know, Martellus Bennett down the line, but quarterbacks, the most important position in football and the bears haven't had good play there in a long time. And even in that, that super bowl team, they had one of the best defenses in the league. They had Devin Hester, you know, as a game changer on special teams and they had, a good run game, a really good offensive line, some solid weapons in the passing game, but Rex Grossman wasn't good. So I, I guess I'd say the quarterbacks is a you know a broader one, but if I had to go to one specific person, it would probably be uh, George McCaskey. Yeah, I, I think it's it's fair criticism on on both ends. Uh, you know, ultimately this is a league where we're having a good quarterback helps quite significantly, but I, I do agree with you. I think there definitely can be some blame put put on McCaskey. And so kind of stepping away from that and kind of focusing more on, on covering the bears. What, if anything has been frustrating about covering this team? Uh, well, I mean, I will say that obviously, you know, covering the bears, I, I'd prefer to be, you know, happy in the type of coverage that I do. Cause I'm, I'm not honestly not, much of a pessimist like i don't like to look on the negative side of things and but but it feels like the bears don't give me too much of a choice sometimes and 
uh, I feel like that can, you know, make me come off in a you know way that I don't intend. Like I'm complaining about the bears all the time. Like, Oh, you're so negative all the time. You know, why, uh, you know, why can't you just say something positive? And I- I'd love to truthfully, you know, that's just the way I prefer to go about things. But uh, I think that giving what I believe to be, you know, most of the time I believe to be fair criticism of the team uh, can, you know, ruin uh, reception, you know, the way I'm perceived. Uh, and just al- also, I mean, people are going to read articles. They're going to digest more when the team is good, when there's buzz around it. So like I've been uh, like writing about the bears since 2016. So this is uh, like the off season for 2016. So this is my, uh, yeah, I just finished like the fifth season, uh, like actually covering the team in any sort of capacity. And they've only been really good for one of those seasons. And they've either been average or bad for the rest of those. So I think that that hurts from a content perspective. Not as many people are going to be as, you know, jazzed up about the team. They're not going to want to, you know, like for film studies, I didn't do much of any this past year because, I mean, one, because of personal schedules, but two, like the demand wasn't as there because the team wasn't as good. Uh, so I, it, it's a lot, a long winded answer on my end, but, you know, I think those are just some of the things that like, you know, can kind of affect me as, you know, someone who's trying to, you know, write and do all this kind of stuff. No, I, I definitely agree with you. It's, it's very hard to be positive about this team when, they just are in a slump. And I think yeah. for the most part, they've, they've been in a lot of slumps. Um, if you could go back in time and, and change one thing that has happened with the Chicago Bears in this timeline, mm-hmm. what would be something? And if you don't have one thing, you can name a few things. Uh, what would be something that you would want to change? Uh, let's see. So the, one of the things that came to my mind was the 2017 draft, but I'm not going to go in that direction because with a QB, like let's not forget like Trubisky inherited a tough situation with, you know, an old school defensive coach, uh, you know, poor offensive play calling next to no weapons. You know, the offensive line wasn't all that great. So I don't think Mahomes could have been, you know, nearly the player that he is. He was, if he inherited that situation, I think Watson could have been better, but at the same time, you know, with everything that's going on with him, you know, there's, that's a bit of a dodgy subject. So I'd say the bears hire Bruce Arians over Mark Tressman in 2013. Yeah. 2013. I think that, you know, Bruce Arians, he literally won coach of the year. He stepped in uh, when Chuck Pagano had cancer and was undergoing treatment there. And Bruce Arians led the Colts to the playoffs. They had a you know, respectable record. Andrew Luck played very well in his rookie season. And I think Arians played a big role in that. So uh, I, I thought at the time, like I didn't know as much about football as I know now, but I thought that that was a slam dunk hire. And they went with, you know, the CFL coach, which like, you know, that's not to knock the CFL. Like it's a you know respectable league, but just, you know, you succeed in the CFL, the rules are different. The caliber of play is different. Like that's such a huge risk to take to want to look like the smartest guy in the room. And I think, 
Arians thought he was going to get the job. And I, I believe that that offense with Jay Cutler throwing the ball to Marshall, Jeffrey, Bennett, Forte in that Arians scheme, I think that could have been really good. I think, you know, even with their defensive struggles, I think they could have at least pushed for the playoffs a bit more, if not, you know, made it to the playoffs. So, yeah, I'd say Bruce Arians would, uh, being the higher over Tressman, I think that that's something I can look back and say, okay, yeah, that I feel pretty safe saying that should have been the case. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm going to agree with you on that. I think it was a very interesting decision, is the yeah. best. I'll, I'll put it. Yeah. Um, my my last question here, and you know, you actually brought it up again. It, it's hard to be positive about this team, but that's your mindset. That's a good mindset to have. So we're going to end this with with the positive question. So 2022. New kind of new a lot of new faces in Hallows Hall. Um, second year quarterback with what seems to be a lot of potential and a, and a lot of questions that need to be answered this offseason, uh, in the draft and in free agency and with a couple of key names. What do you think, uh, Bears fans should be hopeful for, uh, with this new Chicago looking team? And is there hope that there can finally be some long sustained success? I think there is. Uh, and I mean, we're going to have to wait and see. I think that uh, Bears fans should just keep in mind like patience because this isn't going to be fixed in one offseason. Like they have, you know, a good amount of cap space, but they need to fill a lot of roster holes and they don't have a ton of draft capital. Like this isn't going to be filled in just one offseason. It's going to take a little bit of time. And, you know, but keeping that, that in mind, though, I think that there's definitely a lot to be encouraged about because, the Bears have a quarterback. Uh, how good he'll end up being, well, you know, t- only time will tell. But the potential is definitely there. So if I, I believe that Ryan Poles can build a roster around him and be able to, you know, bring in free agents, but more importantly, draft well to have young guys coming up with him for long term achieve success. Uh, and I, I have, I do have faith in Matt Eberflus to you know, lead this team to bring in good coordinators to uh, steer this team in the right direction, play calling wise. And I think that keeping on, like they say, it's like a CEO style of approach, a head coach, when you don't call plays, you just overlook just the general things. I think that the team's going to be more disciplined as a result of that. Uh, Eberflus isn't going to be, his mind's not going to be scrambling nearly as much as if you were had to call defensive plays or whatnot. But yeah, I think, Having, you know, Eberflus and polls, it, it's encouraging for sure. And while I don't think that things are going to change right away, I think slowly but surely you're going to see as some of these more expensive veteran contracts come off the books, you know, some of the obvious ones like, you know, Jimmy Graham sitting free agency, and then eventually his void years are going to be uh, off. Andy Dalton's void years are going to be coming off. Danny Trevathan, you know, as much as it pains me to say it, because he was good for, you know, a while, like he's on the downfall and he's expensive. Eventually his contract's going to run out. So you're, I think that the team's going to look radically different in two years. Like there's going to be a lot of change this off season, obviously, but I think two years from now when you're going to start to see some serious change and, you know, again, that's, that's me being optimistic, but I, I do, I genuinely think that there's a possibility that that happens. Thank you for listening to the audio portion of my capstone project. Be sure to tune in to part two as I speak to other members in Chicago Bears media. And be sure to check out the entirety of the project as we look in the perspective of fans and players.